You're listening to the Ministry Grow Show, brought to you by Reliant Creative, the creative agency for gospel-centered ministries. Find out more at ReliantCreative.org. Welcome to the Ministry Grow Show, a podcast dedicated to helping churches and ministries grow and make more effective impacts for the kingdom of God in an ever-changing digital world. Whether you're building and growing a gospel-centered ministry or leading a church, if you want insight into the strategies, struggles, challenges, and successes of other ministry leaders, you've come to the right place. Welcome back to the Ministry Growth Show. Today on the show, I'm going to be talking with Dr. Richard Ruling. He's the CEO of Total Health Ministries. He's been a board-certified MD in internal medicine. He spent a year in a cardiology fellowship before teaching health science at Loma Linda University. Dr. Richard, thanks for being on the show. Good to be with you, Zach. Thank you. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about Total Health Ministries uh, and what you do with that ministry and and maybe share some of your past experience and background with us so we have some context for today's show? Okay. Starting with uh, background, uh, I, uh, after my MD, I planned to be a missionary, but a friend said, you'll do more good if you take public health. While taking a year of master's degree in public health, uh, things didn't work out for Africa. And uh, Dean encouraged me to take internal medicine, cardiology, and come back and teach. And that idea appealed to me, and I, that's what I did, basically. And I, I enjoyed the experience uh, teaching for four years at, at the university. Um, so that's uh, a background to what I think are pretty good credentials, better than most. And I think I understand healthcare and uh, health science was what my topic was, better than 99% of MDs. Hmm. Are you still a practicing MD? No, I'm retired now, and uh, yet I... Uh, I see so many people suffering when they it's so needless. Uh, really, uh, you know, it's a form of bondage to have to go back to your doctor every month and get another prescription. And uh, people mm. could be free if they knew how to eat well, live well with healthy habits. Dr. Breslow of UCLA found that seven simple health habits were good for about an 11-year advantage as an average. But the extremes were uh, if you broke all seven, you were about 30 years shy of what uh, you could live if you... Uh, I observed all seven. And that study was done before cholesterol. Uh, it, it started uh, before the report of Framingham study. So they didn't know about cholesterol. I believe I had a teacher just uh, two years ago die uh, at 104. He helped surgery residents do heart surgery at, uh, up till he was 95. So wow. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And I, and I, to, to, I also got a Christmas card a year ago from one of my teachers who uh, he was holding a chainsaw with a tree down. He's 95. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. And for our listeners who aren't familiar with this space, can you just share, uh, is it possible to share a quick rundown of what those seven healthy habits are? Yes. In fact, I have a, um, uh, a website and a, a um, acronym, New Start. N stands for nutrition, E for exercise, W for water, as opposed to soft drinks. Sunlight, which is a source of vitamin D, which helps against breast cancer and other um, metabolic stuff. Temperance, which is uh, uh, I define as abstaining from harmful things and uh, moderation or balance in the other things. You know, even, you can even overdo good food. Uh, air, pure air, not smoking. Rest, uh, and actually that word rest uh, applies not just to sleep, but you know, when you hurt yourself, you arrest the tissues in a cast or by stitches 
or if you have a heart attack, they rest your heart by giving you oxygen. Your heart doesn't have to work as hard. So uh, rest for a weaker member of the body, et cetera. And, and then trust in nature, trust in God. Mental attitudes are important as well. Mm. Now, back to that temperance one. I, I think it was the temperance. It might have been a modernist one. You said staying away from dangerous things. Are you talking like dangerous substances or dirt biking? Uh, both of them, everything that might be dangerous, <laughs> but uh, an overlooked danger that is hugely masked by uh, go for health care, ask your doctor, is, is critically uh, dangerous that the public is unsuspecting of. Uh, first of all, medical care is not health care. The dean where I was teaching came to me one day and said, you know, they're starting to call medical care health care. Like, how could they ever do such a thing? You know, uh, because uh, it's really a, a, a advertising ploy by pharma because it's not healthy at all. Uh, he told me this. He, he was uh, had been the chairman of the uh, pharmacology department and he had a Ph.D. in pharmacology. He said that uh, pharmaceutical uh, drug companies never do long term studies. They don't want to know the, the results of long term. It's not good, you know, basically. And sadly, the Supreme Court gives them a free pass. They can't be sued by someone. Uh, you know, hey, just a personal in, uh, incident that uh, has my name on it. My wife, when we were living in Maryland, uh, uh, had a bladder infection, went to her doctor. I was retired. And um, he prescribed uh, Cipro, an antibiotic that I have prescribed, not my favorite. But uh, uh, it, in two or three days, she was over it, stopped the medicine, didn't believe in, in medicine. But a few months later, she had spots under her skin. And uh, she, uh, I said, you need to see your doctor for that one. And he called urgently the next morning after a blood test and said she has no platelets in her blood. She needs to see a hematologist. The hematologist put her in a hospital, did a bone marrow exam, then took out her spleen, but it didn't help. Uh, he treated her with high steroids, gamma globulin, transfusions, in and out of hospitals until she died of a stroke, okay? From an mm -hmm. antibiotic, she took two or three days. The uh, medical literature supports adverse drug reactions as a leading cause of death, okay? I can quickly summarize it. In 1998, the JAMA, Journal of American Medical Association, this was tax day, April 15, reported 106,000 deaths in hospitals from drugs properly prescribed and administered. In other words, it wasn't an overdose, wasn't a bad prescription. It was uh, appropriate for the condition, but some people die. And for every person mm -hmm. that dies, 140 get sick and see their doctor. Uh, maybe they go to an emergency room. Maybe they're admitted. Some people are admitted to long-term care. It's nursing homes. They're messed up for life, Okay. And all of this from drugs properly prescribed. Uh, medical care is not health care. Okay. Uh, and I, I just can't emphasize that. I have lived well myself. Uh, I was sickly as a child and often got a penicillin shot from my dad, who was a doctor. But since in college, when I changed my diet, I've only had one prescription that I filled in my lifetime when I was on a trip and got uh, gastroenteritis, that's di diarrhea, didn't want to stop at every gas station. So I feel, feel the prescription. But otherwise, hey, I would warn people they can eat better and do better without medical care in the general. Mm. And acute care, if you if you have what you think is a heart attack, see your doctor, okay? But chronic, take a prescription, come back in a month, not a good idea. Okay. So if that's if if medical care and healthcare are not the same thing, how how would you describe healthcare? What would that look like? 
healthy care would be healthy habits, okay? And Breslow of UCLA discovered uh, in a 10-year Alameda federally funded study, uh, he reported about an 11-year advantage on an average of people who had healthier habits. If you observed all seven compared to those who broke all seven, it was about a 30-year difference. Um, The big three were smoking, drinking, and obesity. And uh, yeah, we recognize that today. But that study was even done, it started... Uh, before the Framingham study on cholesterol was reported. So it didn't even include cholesterol. Uh, you, can, you can do better. I had a teacher who died a couple years ago at 104. Uh, he taught surgery residents, heart surgery, and helped and assisted in surgery until he was 95. So uh, people, people can do better. And I'm, I'm 80, and I don't see anything coming for me right now. I have better health than when I was 35 and had headaches that I didn't know the cause for. Um, I, I, I later learned it was what I was eating, something I was abusing, overdoing, too much wheat, too much gluten. Uh, I, I didn't think it worked that way because I, I didn't get a headache when I ate a cookie or a, a cake or a, a whole wheat sandwich or granolas. But uh, the way it works is it's like uh, uh, smoking. We all know smoking is a, a poison, but we don't get sick when we smoke. We get sick when we don't smoke and go through withdrawal. And that's the way my headaches were. We go, a person can go in and out of withdrawal based on how much of it they eat and how much sleep and exercise and other things they do. Those things help our coping with it, but not completely. And we can uh, uh, suffer. Um, I'll give you another example. Uh, millions of people uh, start the day with a brown beverage that isn't, is not very good. It actually can cause a dozen different problems. But when, and when they don't get it, they get a headache. And so they can take an Excedrin or an anison, or something with caffeine in it that gives them a boost and the headache goes away and they think that's great. The Excedrin or anison is great. Well, it, it, but they're still addicted then. They need to go through the withdrawal and uh, then they won't have any headaches at all. Mm. Yeah, well, coffee's a major, major <laughs> uh, substance that people are addicted to all throughout the country. I'm not sure what it looks like internationally, but... Um, how t okay there you for go. internationally yeah so are are you completely against medical care you talked about acute care versus medical care when yeah. when is it appropriate to see your doctor well if you have a sudden severe uh you know things that might be uh trouble breathing or you think it's your heart chest pain and so on yeah uh, acute care is is uh i think uh, basically, medical care could be summarized as about half right. In fact, uh, one of my teachers who graduated from Harvard, an MD, said uh, 50% of what we teach you uh, is not right. That's what he said at Harvard, they told him. And it's, it really involves the treatment part of it. We can scan people, blood tests, x-rays, all that. We, we know what's going on. But uh, the bottom line in the medical textbooks is unknown etiology, which means they don't know really what causes it. They don't really study diet that much to know uh, that this can do that. And so uh, they, they, people don't get true answers to the cause. They, doctors give them an, a name for it. And so, oh, they think the doctor knows. Well, the doctor is clueless as to what caused it in most cases, in my opinion, or the, he doesn't want to get involved with diet. It takes time to talk to people. It doesn't fit the economy of seeing as many patients as you can in a, in a day. And so uh, he's, uh, you know, and, and you, you may not... Uh, Sometimes I had one person patient tell me I, I didn't I didn't come for a sermon <laughs> on diet you know uh, so they they just want a pill a lot of people 
So uh, it's it's a, a, a complex problem that uh, really the media have aggravated because they're trying to sell uh, their sponsors on the many cases are drug companies and uh, they don't want to offend them either. So it, uh, and a lot of what we've got going on now is is bad with uh, a, a pandemic, pandemic, some people say, uh, because it, uh, it, it's it, the answers are, are not good, basically. Mm. Yeah, the last two years have been wild. Um, what I, what I guess I'm interested in is how does this all relate to your ministry of total health ministries? What is it? What is it that you do with all this medical care versus healthcare stuff in relation to uh, my faith? Does that make sense? Good. Uh, yes, it does make sense. And um, the Bible says it's more blessed to give than receive. And and you feel good when you're giving people help. Okay. If you help mm-hmm. people, it's, it's psychologically strong. And I, and I find in, in retirement from medicine, uh, uh, there's a lot more to life than pres- prescription drugs, <laughs> you know. But even now, I, I warn as many people as I can about what they do if, if they're afraid of, you know, this, this virus thing that came along a couple of years ago, they said it's 1% fatality. Well, it, it might be a, the average public, but if you're on prescription drugs already, I think that's why Italy had such a high per, uh, reported so many uh, comorbidity uh, situations with, you know, heart disease, diabetes. They're taking drugs for these other conditions and then to add in uh, something else that's supposed to help them when it can affect their immune system. Uh, England reported the truth of the matter. Uh, uh, it was last uh, April and, and May. Um, 97% of about 10,000 people were fully vaccinated. And what does that tell you? Boy, I don't want to get vaccinated. Uh, you know, sorry, I, I hope this doesn't offend anybody or get us off the air. I have to be careful when I say this on YouTube because I lost my channel for a while. But, uh, you know, uh, it's, it is it is a damnable thing that they mandate something that has been so poorly studied, uh, no, no long-term studies at all. And uh, it's supposed to alter our uh, immune system uh, they say it doesn't, but it does. And uh, undertakers are reporting blood clots and other things. Uh, and when people die suddenly, and many of them are young, I saw yesterday uh, someone died early uh, of cancer just after after a brief bout. Well, cancers are being found by pathologists uh, more frequently on pap smears and melanoma and so on uh, uh, since this uh, whole thing came along. And so... Uh, I, I would rather go to prison than to get what they want to give me. Uh, and, that, and now the truth is told that uh, it does not prevent infection, does not prevent transmission to someone else, does not prevent severity or death. So why in the world are we doing this to our systems when uh, if we were to eat better? And, and by the way, the British Medical Journal reported uh, 73% less severity in people who eat a, a vegan type of diet, these were healthcare workers, over 500 of them that, that got uh, COVID, uh, less severe uh, if they ate a, a vegan type of diet. And I, I was one time working emergency room uh, and I did not eat any supper when I, I noticed I was getting sick, runny nose, scratchy throat, achy, felt cold. It was the flu, okay? Simple virus, but uh, no fever. I wondered what I could do to get a fever because fever kills the virus. And I soaked in a hot tub for about 20 minutes. And as the water was running out, my fever was 102 and a half. I got my, I gave myself a fever, poured cold water front and back because it will double the white blood count. 
did not eat any supper. I wanted those white cells to be hungry to kill the germs. And I thought I was better at 11 o'clock. And I took another hot bath, finished with cold. In the morning, no symptoms. I was well. I aborted the whole thing early uh, with that treatment. And I didn't even have vitamin C with me. So, you know, it can, you can do it. The body's system is great. God gave us a wonderful system. But uh, we're, we're going to mess it up with what uh, medical science is going to do. I don't think not for me, basically. Mm. So, so if I've got a fever, let it run high and kill off the virus as quickly as possible. I uh, had, uh, they taught us in medical school that brain damage occurs around 107 to eight. And I've never even seen uh, above 105, you know, 105 is common everyday stuff in emergency room, maybe, but take fluids, Put something cold on your head. Uh, the, the, keep the head cool. You know, keep a cool head is better physically as well as uh, a good euphemism to say. And mm-hmm. uh, it, you'll be all right. You know, just uh, fasting. Fasting can help uh, overcome it too. Basically, don't we overdo too much food, uh, especially this time of year? Yeah. Um. So again, back to that that question on Total Health Ministries, what you guys do as a ministry. Are you, are there are there books and resources that you're writing and putting out around this stuff to help people understand how to be healthy and how it pertains to their faith, or Good. what does that look like? I've got a website with three words that everybody wants: health, happiness, destiny. dot com. And uh, if they go there, there's a book or DVD tab. They can watch a, a eight minutes of a really good um, DVD. It's uh, it includes Cleveland Clinic's cardiologist, Dr. Esselstein, uh, telling how you can reverse uh, most conditions without prescription drugs, which I'm telling you is a, a leading cause of death and illness. And uh, uh, for us, you know, a ten dollar donation, they can get uh, some really good materials on uh, health happinessdestiny.com on the book DVD tab. Thank you very much mm. for that opportunity. Yeah, of course. Um, okay, cool. So talk to me about the, the, you've touched on a little bit, the pharmaceutical industry and how um, there's at least a bit of corruption and uh greedy behavior going on within that industry. I don't think it's far-fetched to imagine that. What have you seen in the last couple of years with this virus that's been going around and um, the pharmaceutical companies and what they're doing in that space? Well, uh, last March, I attended some alumni meetings at my medical school in California. And as I was driving back, I had a tire wheel problem called AAA the tow truck man told me he lost five family members after the shot. I have a neighbor two doors down who buried his brother after the shot. We have a caregiver for an 84-year-old lady who's got diabetes, had a stroke in the nursing home. She says, they're killing me. Take me, please, to my wife. They were friends. So, yeah, we have somebody in our home. And a caregiver who helps uh, has a friend in Carolina that lost three family members after the shot. Uh, the shot is, uh, I, I believe we haven't seen the end of it at all. Uh, I believe people's immune system, even if they're okay right now, they're unchallenged. When they get another virus, uh, they don't know what they're going to do. And people with cancer are, I think, dying faster. And I think uh, 
we will be seeing lots of trouble uh, in, in the coming year as well. Uh, this is not over at all by any means. And uh, tell God, I'm sorry if I got the shot. Please help me uh, and help me to understand what I can do because, uh, and we've talked about some of those things. Uh, I would just say um, it, it's going to be trouble for people who've had a shot, I think, or more than one. Hmm. And if people have had the shot or gone through that process, have is there what? What can they do? Well, uh, I, I'm thinking of the British Medical Journal that reported the vegan diet is 73% less severity. That happens to be the original diet and page one or two of the Bible in Genesis. Things that uh, grew. And I, I heard when I, this was uh, two or three decades ago, uh, a cardiologist say, uh, if it grows out of the ground, it's okay. You know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, things that plant based is, is good. Uh, somehow it's designed for us and they have higher vitamins, minerals, and so on, fiber, etc. cetera. Uh, animal foods are, have no fiber. They tend to be constipation. And uh, there's disease factors in, in animals because, uh, uh, you know, the greedy uh, farmers, uh, they can feed manure to their cows to get more nitrogen and protein. They give them antibiotics and, and hormones to flatten them up fast and then ship them off to market before they get disease, especially with chickens that way too, you know. But uh, we had a lady that cleaned house for us. Uh, this was for nearly 45 years ago. She said uh, she worked in a chicken plant, and she said, I'll never eat a chicken, you know. Well, <laughs> what does she know mm. that we don't? I don't know. But at, at least uh, my opinion is uh, uh, somehow the original diet that God gave in the Bible is best for us, I think, and I'm doing well uh, pretty much. Uh, we get occasional eggs and uh, an occasional yogurt or something, but uh, it's not like I grew up uh, with finishing off ice cream containers, etc. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't. So, so you're a proponent of a vegan diet? Yeah, I would say vegetarian and vegan. Uh, I, I believe that there is disease factors. I once talked to a, one of my teachers, a physiologist who had a big library and he'd read most of those books. He was, he was a genius. And uh, he said, the more eggs, the more virus, you know, basically we get. Uh, we don't know what it all does. The body's supposed to uh, react and deal with these things. But overall, uh, I think uh, man's original diet in the Bible is, is better off. Uh, meat was added to shorten man's life. After Noah came off the ark, they had seven clean animals on there, and they didn't have any plant food to eat. And man's life shortened dramatically uh, uh, the, according to the Bible history. Some of your uh, um, listeners may not be sure about Bible. They may think this is uh, not scientific. It's old. It's uh, whatever, whatever. I just like to challenge them that uh, there is a reason why it's the best number one seller uh, throughout all history. And uh, if they happen to have a copy uh, in their library anywhere, Isaiah 45 is an example of how I think God, the previous, I'm sorry, the chapter 46 verse 10 says God knows the end from the beginning. And he proved it in the previous chapter, in my opinion. Isaiah 45, God named Cyrus more than 100 years before he was born and told how he would conquer uh, um, Babylon. When two river gates were left open, Cyrus diverted the uh, Euphrates River into a reservoir that he created and marched in at night under the wall of Babylon to conquer it with no loss of life. 
And when he saw the evidence that he has named 100 years uh, before he was born from ancient writings taken from Jerusalem when Babylon conquered Jerusalem, he was so impressed with God that he uh, freed Israel, let them return to their homeland and help even pay their way. So my point is, uh, does God know the end? I think so. And I want to be on his side. And uh, I, I believe that if people will take a look, there's uh, enough reason uh, to say that we're coming to uh, serious times in America and America is going down. It, it, I don't, my, my perspective is we've done so many stupid things uh, and we're, we're just, just this year, they changed things around with abortion type of thing. But Egypt threw babies in the river. We've thrown 63 million in the trash. But in, in, in the previous chapter to Cyrus, <clears throat> Isaiah 44, verse 24, he says, I formed you in the womb. Well, do we really want to mess up what God is uh, forming? You know, uh, the, this, I, I think uh, God punished Egypt badly for, for that. And I believe we're going to get punishment this coming year uh, with, with what's coming. Mm. Yeah, unpack that a little bit. What, is, what do you think that looks like? Okay, well, Christ, thank you for the opportunity. Christ said uh, when he was asked about the end of the world to study the book of Daniel, and Daniel's eighth chapter has a political cartoon of a ram and a goat conflict. The uh, goat flies from the west to stop a militant Muslim ram. Uh, it says in the text in verse uh, 20 that the horns on the ram are the kings of Media and Persia, but those areas are now Iraq and Iran. A couple decades ago, before 9-11, I predicted war with Iraq before 9-11. And uh, I just say, uh, based on that vision, and, and yes, and we're going to go to war against Iran. The question is, we don't want war with Iran. Uh, Iraq was bad, no weapons of mass destruction. We left men and equipment, uh, big, bad, bad situation. So what makes us go to war? Well, the Bible also in the last chapter of Zechariah, and that's the last book before Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament. So it's just Old Te New Testament before that is Malachi. And then Zechariah, the page just before that, Zechariah 14, says day of the Lord comes, which is the end time period. And nations will be gathered against Jerusalem to battle. Houses rifled, women raped, half the city goes into captivity. Well, it's interesting that President Erdogan of Turkey has already appealed for 57 Muslim nations to siege Israel. So <laughs> he is asking for what Zechariah is calling for 2,500 years ago. Okay, I'm, I'm confident from my timelines in a book that I've written called Megaquake 2023 that it will be next spring. And uh, so I'd say... Uh, Go to, go to that website, by the way, that I mentioned before, Health, Happiness, and Destiny, and they can get uh, uh, some information about it and can order it. Or I have another, um, there's even more information on this topic at uh, thebridegroomcomes.wordpress.com. The first two articles there are about this, thebridegroomcomes.wordpress.com. And uh, I'm happy to send them a book uh, if they're interested. But anyway, take a look at it, see what you think. And uh, uh, maybe too much to answer, but we can answer as much as we have time for right now if you want. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to continue unpacking this. Um, going back to the, the vegan diet, how would you, um, how would you, if someone was to push back and say, and, and reference Acts, oh, what was it? Acts 10. 
verses 9 through 16, it looks like, where Peter sees a vision of the animals coming down. He says, I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. And the voice of God speaks and says, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. How do you, how do you, if someone is to rebuttal or argue for a non-vegan diet, what would you say about that? Good question. And you show your uh, knowledge of the Bible better than most. Okay. Uh, But uh, that really was uh, a specific instance to show Peter that don't call the Gentiles unclean. There was a knock at the door then, and he had to go to see Cornelius, who uh, was a Gentile, and don't call him unclean, but uh, he ministered to him and helped him, and uh, he was converted. And uh, uh, here's the reference. It's Isaiah 66, verse 17. God is going to judge people. It says, uh, they that sanctify themselves and purify themselves in the gardens behind one tree in the midst, eating swine's flesh and the abomination. Well, uh, in Zechariah 4th chapter, there are two trees. There's olive trees. They put oil into the lampstands. Uh, So a tree represents, I think, the Old and New Testament. And here is a reference to one tree. Uh, It is really, uh, when it says eating swine's flesh, the the tree in the New Testament in the middle is, is, by the way, it says in the midst. So in the middle of the New Testament happens to be that chapter in Acts where uh, Peter is asked to eat what is uh, unclean, but it would really applying to um, the Gentiles who had been considered unclean. But uh, don't uh, don't cut those people out. Uh, go ahead and, and and share with them. They're not really unclean, is what uh, the the vision that Peter had was saying. But to but to eat swine's flesh, which was forbidden for a health reason in the Old Testament, is still a health principle. Okay. We aren't made holy by uh, necessarily what we eat, but if we uh, right. defile ourselves by uh, disease-type stuff, not really good in our advantage. And so to complain that uh, uh, we, uh, you know, to claim sanctification, we're sanctified and we're holy, but while we're doing the wrong kind of stuff, uh, we're not paying attention to Scripture. I think there are a lot of people think Jesus is going to save me, but how is he going to do it if we don't read what he says? <laughs> you know, so uh, mm-hmm. that's my perspective on, on this, basically. And uh, I think that it's uh, God, Christ spent more time healing than preaching. But he said, go and sin no more. We tend to bring in, in our culture, we tend to bring disease on us. Uh, the, the final common pathway for disease is our mouth. What, what we put into our mouth, smoking, drinking, uh, uh, sex, uh, you know, eating, you can even overdo mm-hmm. good food, etc. So, uh, I would right. just say that's, uh, that's a quick overview. Yeah. Well, and, and I absolutely agree that the, the reference is in the Lord saying that, that the Gentiles are not unclean, that he would want, he wanted them to go and reach them as well. But Verse ten says he became hungry and wanted to wanted something to eat. So it is both, right? It's it's in reference to Gentiles versus Jews, and we're going to reach both. And Peter's hungry and he wants to eat something, and God's saying, "Hey, this is clean to eat because I've made it clean." So it's both and. Well, I I see your perspective if you want to believe that, but uh, when we um, get to uh, uh, Christ's statement in Matthew 17, verse 11, Elias or Elijah is supposed to come and restore all things. 
And uh, in the previous chapter, Matthew 16, verse 12, he said, uh, beware the leaven of the Pharisees, meaning uh, they've uh, their doctrines. We have preachers today that have leavened the bread, made it light and easy. You can eat anything you want. It's okay. But uh, when you come to Elijah, who's supposed to restore all things before the end of time, we find him coming in Malachi 4, 4, and 5. Remember the law of Moses with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I send you Elijah. Well, if Elijah comes in the context of statutes and judgments from the law of Moses, those things are still for our benefit and best good. Uh, times of ignorance, God winks. And people have done uh, ignorantly a lot of times. And they may die of disease. I don't know. But uh, they can, God can still save their soul. But if we really are, are, are subject to our appetites and we just can't quit eating or smoking or drinking or whatever, uh, God right. is... I, I don't think he's Lord of our life. If He isn't Savior if he isn't Lord. He's Lord and Savior together. And I think we need to, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to God's glory. And the swine isn't part of it in my perspective. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, I, I think if you were to argue what I just argued, I don't think people would say that it's okay to just consume and consume and do whatever you want. And there's no ramifications for any of it. That, that, um, yeah, that's that's not. I don't think what what I was pushing back on. <clears throat> um, I want to take a moment to to take a break for our sponsor. But when we come back, um, we'll continue our discussions with Dr. Richard Ruling. Are you looking to grow your ministry but don't have the money or marketing knowledge to make that happen? There's good news. Google offers an advertising grant to churches and ministries that is worth $10,000 per month. This means that if your ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit, you are eligible to receive $120,000 per year in free advertising dollars. This allows you to place ads at the top of Google search results pages and drive thousands of visitors to your ministry website every month. Our sponsor, Click Nonprofit, helps your ministry acquire this Google ad grant manages your Google ads to ensure you get the most out of the grant. Schedule a free consultation at clicknonprofit.com to learn more about how this grant can help your specific ministry. Mention the Ministry Growth Show when you sign up to get 20% off your first three months of management. All right, welcome back to the Ministry Growth Show. We've been talking with Dr. Richard Ruling. Richard, as we get back into the conversation, uh, I want to change topics a little bit and discuss wedding parables with you, a, a, topic, a topic that we discussed offline and um, that we've um, created some questions for. Can you give us a little bit of a rundown of what you want to discuss in that space? Okay. I think uh, the wedding parables all show that we don't understand them. In the first wedding parable of Matthew 22, the king sends his uh, servants to bid people to a wedding feast, and they are scorned and ridiculed. Uh, the king's uh, invitation is uh, thought badly of. The remnant have their city burned, actually, uh, it, it, in, as a result. That's King James Version, okay? Um, and we're, we think we're the remnant. We're at the end of time, basically. I, I believe that um, uh, we, just like... Uh, some people look at Jerusalem as, as uh, a fulfillment of the burning of the city, but that there was no wedding at that time. I believe we're looking for a wedding parable in our time uh, to be fulfilled. And I, I, I happen to come from um, 
my background is Seventh-day Adventist, and I'm not trying to get anybody to join the church. I think that they're going to have their city burned because they have uh, done some bad stuff. Uh, the, the, the founder of that school did not want drugs, pharmacology taught there. I think she was straight, but the, uh, they wanted AMA accreditation, and they hijacked her school to teach pharmacology. And I think when that earthquake comes uh, uh, in San Francisco, uh, more damage occurred from broken gas lines and fires than from the earthquake. And she, uh, she had a vision of an earthquake at Loma Linda in which she said many lives were blotted out, houses, buildings great and small were falling to the ground, etc. It seemed that Judgment Day had come. And she mentioned San Francisco two days later was destroyed in an earthquake. And some people think she, she was just reporting San Francisco's earthquake. Well, uh, I don't think so. She cited Zephaniah 1.8, that God would punish the king's children uh, in, in Zephaniah 1.8. And uh, the Adventists believe they're the king's children. I believe they're going to have trouble. Uh, and I'm not. So this is not about denominations. I believe it's follow truth. Follow Christ as best you know. And he's outside knocking at the church of most Western churches today. I don't think he's getting in because uh, preachers like a smooth talk sermon and, and uh, they're good sermons. But uh, I don't think we're looking at all of the things. And the wedding parables are an example. We don't understand them right. And some people think they're going to be snatched to heaven suddenly. You know, quick snatch, uh, rapture, they call it. But uh, people are not. If we're going to live by, and this is, by the way, Matthew 4.4 4 and Luke 4.4. 4. It's emphasized that both, both those places, Matthew 4.4, 4, Luke 4.4, 4, says man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Well, if you're living by every word, the wedding parables are more than just readiness. Be ready. It's not that he's going to snatch us out of, uh, out of the sky asleep uh, because they apply uh, two of the wedding parables. They watch. Watch means be awake when you ordinarily wouldn't... Uh, be awake, you know, when you're sleeping. Gregorio is the Greek word. And uh, we can't be awake every night, but the wedding parables have clues for when, okay? Passover was the only night in the year that they were supposed to be awake. Uh, they were to pray that God would pass over them in judgment, that it wouldn't fall on them. And Christ asked his disciples, watch with me. Couldn't you watch one hour? Okay, well, they couldn't, and they lost a big opportunity, in my opinion. I think they, they failed him that last night. Uh, they, uh, you know, James and John wanted to be on the left and right of uh, their, the, um, his kingdom. And uh, he said, can you drink of the cup? And the last night he gives them the cup. They said they could. But later when they were supposed to watch and pray, they couldn't drink of the cup, you know, basically. So a long, long story short, they failed him. Uh, they could have been with him to, I think if they had been with him in the trial, they could have said, uh, no, he's not going to destroy the temple. He's talking about his body. Come out Sunday morning. You'll see. And if they had done that, uh, they could have. Uh, there would have been witnesses. The Jews could not have lied, and uh, Pentecost could have been the whole nation uh, getting the Holy Spirit. And I believe that uh, the world would be much better off with a law observant world than uh, lawlessness, as we're seeing develop in our place because we've rejected God's word in this country. Mm. But I mean, you could argue that the point was he knew that they would fail because we would all fail that and he, it needed to happen, right? Like Christ had to die and, and rise again to pay for sin ultimately. And so that had to happen. Well, he would have died. He, he would have died, but uh, they would have come out Sunday morning after he died to see the resurrection and then they couldn't lie. And so Pentecost could have been repentance for the nation. 
Mm. Okay. Um, Let me go on. I'll, I'll say a little more about the wedding parables. Uh, we don't understand them. Uh, in in the Matthew 25th chapter, uh, they are asleep with their lights out, uh, as we are today. And in Luke's wedding parable, uh, Luke uh, Peter asks, is this parable for us or for all? That shows they didn't understand. Uh, and Christ said, it's for the uh, blessed is the servant who is so doing when he comes. We're living in a time when he comes. And if we're so doing, and it's not just, uh, um, uh, let me say that God got an ignorant bride at Sinai. Uh, they they worshipped a calf. Forty days later, Israel said, "Oh, mm-hmm. whatever the Lord says, we'll do." Yeah, you know. Well, God is not looking for a passive bride for his, his son. Okay, we have to take an active role. Um, the rule of first use is an example. Uh, I was taught this in high school in Bible class that uh, where a word or phrase is first found, it often has a meaning or context for end times because Christ is Alpha Omega, first and last. He's the Word, uh, so that uh, the the first place you find a word may have, not always, but some, sometimes it has uh, special insights. And so uh, when you find a cry at midnight, it goes back to Egypt when there was a cry at midnight. Okay, And a sudden unlooked for calamity, death fell on the Egyptians. I believe we will see in our time a sudden unlooked for calamity, earthquake, Okay, because earthquake is what initiates the day of the Lord. And when the Muslims are celebrating uh, their mosque in Jerusalem from taking it in Zechariah 14, the Lord will roar from Jerusalem. The heavens and earth will shake, it says in Joel 3.16. They will get out of there, uh, but uh, and it will be a time of judgment then. But that earthquake brings judgment to the U.S., San Andreas Fault, to the medical school where I, I think their buildings are going to be on the ground for having hijacked the, the school, what, which was supposed to be for missionary training and for natural remedies. And so uh, medical care being a leading cause of death, uh, Adventists have lost it in, part, in my, my perspective. And I think that it's, it's just Christians, we've all made mistakes. Times of ignorance, God winks. But in times of judgment, when that earthquake brings judgment, uh, we got to repent and go by what, every word of God as best we understand it. And I'd say we have a little chance now to study and get ready. So uh, that's why the perspective of my book, uh, I think, is helpful. Megaquake 2023. And um, it's uh, available on my websites, which I gave you earlier since the break. Maybe I'll just mention them again. Uh, Two places, um, healthhappinessdestiny.com. And on the book DVD tab is uh, they can see the books, watch a DVD a little bit, see what it's a nice uh, package there. Or uh, the bridegroom comes, which is the wedding parable. The bridegroom comes. Wordpress.com has also mm-hmm. two articles on the earthquake that's coming and uh, opportunity to, to get the book if you want. The bridegroom comes. Wordpress.com. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And so, are you are you saying that this earthquake will usher in the beginning of the end times? Yes, I am. Uh, it's the, the it's not the just phrase, a judgment. It's not just a judgment on the United States. It's a no. This is it's, the it's end, end times. times. And, and uh, this says in First Peter four seventeen, the judgment begins at the house of God. Well, in a sense, this country has been uh, God's people. Uh, the people that came here originally were fleeing the papacy in the old world for freedom of worship. They didn't want the burning at the stake and all that. They risked their lives in little boats and from Indians or starvation to come to this country. And God blessed them with a a, a, a 
Constitution, like the Bible, in the sense that God wanted the Ten Commandments, uh, you're your own boss. Don't do these things. You know, you monitor yourself. Well, uh, and, and that's what the Constitution was. Uh, the sovereign citizen was to monitor himself, uh, but some of those freedoms came to local government, and from local government, some of those went to the federal. It was very small. The, the federal government had very little power. Today, everything is upside down, and they're telling us everything to do from Washington. Uh, we've lost our freedoms, and, and they're going faster still. Uh, and to mandate a shot that is uh, not good for you is death. Uh, they're going to get it, okay? And by the way, um, the the closing parables of Christ in Matthew 24 and 5 all have a link to a 9-11 provision. We, we all know 9-11 was a big deal, but Numbers 9, verse 10 and 11 is a special provision for Passover a month later, as the days of Noah. The flood came with Passover timing, but in the second spring month. And when when five virgins missed the wedding, again, Christ said, watch, you don't understand because the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. Well, travel was also a reason for a late Passover. If they took a long trip and couldn't get back for Passover uh, uh, to Jerusalem, they were to keep it a month later when they got when they got back. And so those were provisions that are clued in Christ's closing parables, and the last six can all be tied together. After the uh, Noah's parable, it says, then shall two be in the field. Then means same time. you know. And after the evil servant begins to smite, then it's like 10 virgins. You, you put all those together, and uh, I believe uh, the earthquake that's coming will be in May, not in April, when first Passover comes. So, um, uh, uh, and, and I believe that like Noah had contact with a dead body, he buried Methuselah. Methuselah meant, his name meant when he dies, it will come. He, he was the oldest man that ever lived because God wasn't ready to send the, the flood. Noah wasn't ready with the ark yet. But when he died, a month, uh, there was a delay of one month till second, second month Passover for Noah. Well, I think uh, the contact with a dead body in Numbers 9, verse 10 and 11 will be replayed in America. We're all going to have contact, somebody we know who's dead from you know what the shot that our great government is mandating to kill us all when uh, they, they should have done better research and FDA warned us uh, two years ago they posted a warning online uh, 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 and I, I can put that on in an article I have it's um, or I can give it to you where people can go to the uh, it's fda.gov slash media and um, if you search that on Google uh, with, um, oh, I'm blocking on the, oh, if it's download, yeah, it's download October 2020, and, and also type in uh, fda.gov forward slash media. You can, you can read on page 16, Guillain-Barre syndrome, neuritis, encephalitis, strokes, uh, anaphylaxis, myocarditis, heart, heart as they didn't call it heart attack, they call it acute myocardial infarction, thrombosis and embolism, uh, women are uh, bleeding. 44% of women who've had the shot have miscarriages. Uh, it, you know, this is, uh, this is crazy, and yet they're going to blame mm. it on COVID. Oh, they have COVID, you better get the shot. <laughs> this is total right. damnable, you know, <clears throat> as far as I'm concerned. Anyway. So that's just uh, it in a, in a 
in a big nutshell or more than that, but uh, I just say we are facing time of judgment and a lot of it fits together if we understand it well. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on the, the vaccine stuff. The, the fact that all of a sudden we're having sudden adult death syndrome, a, a thing that didn't exist a year ago and it's killing thousands yes. and thousands of adults doesn't make sense other than there's something that's causing that. And wouldn't it be a coincidence that it's something that came out of the last two years? So I'm with you on there, but back to the end time stuff. You reference Matthew 24. If someone was to push back a little bit and say, okay, you're setting a date, Matthew 24, 36, but about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the son, but only the father. How would you, how would you argue that in light of that verse? Good question. Thank you very much. First of all, the word know is aedo, Greek word, meaning be aware, consider, perceive, understand. He was saying you don't understand, and then, uh, but it's like the days of Noah, uh, or you don't understand, but it's like a man traveling to a far country. If you understand the provisions for a far country or the days of Noah that it was second Passover, uh, you can tie them together, and, uh, and you might not know which day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but now today, uh, I, can, I can Google uh, uh, the new moon and when, when the 14th or 15th day is, next May is May 5. Uh, May 1 happens to be the day that uh, Noah entered the ark. Well, I think we may see a warning sign then. Uh, I, about a month ago, I saw a video online of a tsunami that hit a island in the Indonesia area. About a quarter of a million people died, they were drowned. But animals who were not caged up, not tied down, they headed to higher ground. They somehow sensed trouble was coming and the animals were spared. Animals got into the ark also. I wouldn't be surprised if May Day, when it's sometimes a, 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 that May Day is a distress call, we might see animals heading to higher ground and behaving funny. It might be in the news, I don't know. But I believe May 5, Friday night, will be huge as for America with the earthquake that is coming to initiate the end time, uh, not just for America, for the whole world, but those who understand the meaning of it get judged first, okay, in a sense that it's the, the, the uh, earthquake is the knock for the wedding, okay, because the only other place where Christ knocks in the New Testament is Revelation 3.20. Every evangelical Christian knows it. I stand at the door and knock, you know, and we think gentle Jesus always knocking at our door. Well, that revelation is also how things end. And it, that church it was lukewarm with materialism and keeping Christ outside knocking. It ended in an earthquake in 63 AD. Type and antitype. Uh, the Bible says what is has been already. What is to come has been already. God summons each event back in its turn. That's the New English Bible translation of Ecclesiastes 3.15. I like it, and I believe that uh, we will see a replay of the earthquake for Laodicea in 63 AD next spring. And uh, it will hit, uh, and preachers who do not uh, say, let's watch and pray as Christ did, you know, uh, it, it, they should, they should uh, it, it, the awe, oh, you can't know, you won't know, you never know, that goes against Amos 3, 7, that God won't do anything without revealing it. So if your interpretation of you don't know, he was talking to disciples who didn't need to know, okay? What about us, okay? Uh, Paul, Paul understood that the disciples, when, when Christ said, 
let me say this, in Acts 1.6, the disciples said, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel at this time? Christ said, it's not for you to know the times and seasons. But Paul takes that same phrase, he puts himself into the end time, and he says, uh, and of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write, for you know perfectly. Well, I think I do, but I don't think most people do. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that we can know, we should know those appointed times. Those were, uh, the, the Passover was a, a, enforced by a statute forever. Well, did God forget that Christ was going to die on a cross and they'd all be nailed to the cross and we don't need to keep those things? No. I think Christ instituted the Lord's Supper in place of Passover, and we can keep the Passover that way. We don't have to kill a lamb. The lamb already died. Christ did, okay? He was the lamb. And we can be thankful for him and, and appreciate his body, his bread, his blood, you know, in celebration of that event, and then watch and pray that night. That's how I would say we should do it. And if he knocks with an earthquake, we are ready to start the, the wedding feast, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is a week long. Uh, for one week, Israelites, when they left Egypt, they ate unleavened bread. Well, Christ said, beware the leaven of the Pharisees, meaning their teachings. And they have leavened the bread. And I've given you an example with this, uh, you know, the, the, the feast days. The God calls them my feast. They're not Jewish feasts. He's my feast. And those are his appointed times, appointments. And I think we will see the end time, just like he said in... Uh, Colossians 1, 26 and 7, uh, they are shadows of things to come. And uh, we will see them come on those times. I have seen already two, two times uh, in the past 25 years, uh, significant events that occurred right on those times. Mm. Now, <clears throat> what would you say to somebody who might bring up Matthew 24, 14, that says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So uh, nations and the whole world, meaning ethnos or language groups, most missions organizations will say that there's more than 3,000 language groups that still need to be reached with the gospel. How, how do we interpret that in light of a potential end time coming next spring? Very good. I love you. You know, you have a better than average knowledge and you're trying to represent your people out in the audience who may push back and so on. I like your phraseology and you're gentle. But let me explain. Uh, first of all, uh, the uh, this gospel of the kingdom, uh, by the way, gospel of the kingdom is something different than just Jesus is going to save you. OK, uh, kingdom means dominion of a king. How does he have dominion through his laws, etc.? And, and And it will be preached into all the world. Then the end will come. And the next next sentence is, when you see the abomination standing where it ought not, okay? And I believe 2015 had abominations standing where they ought not, okay? Um, most uh, Christians would understand uh, Leviticus 18, verse 22, to lie mankind with mankind as with womankind is an abomination. That's Bible, okay? And it was standing where it ought not in the Supreme Court. New definition of marriage. Bad idea, bad idea. Okay, right. And right. Uh, an, another example is uh, the Pope. Uh, he represents the harlot in Revelation 17, verse uh, uh, two and three, riding the beast of new world order. That's the world, his uh, papal supremacy again. But he was standing where he ought not in Congress. How did he get there? You know, we're not to make any laws respecting the uh, 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 establishment of a religion. 
but he's there pushing his, his little uh, Laudato Si about Sunday. Well, there's not a whole lot about Sunday in the Bible, okay? Uh, in fact, uh, it doesn't mention Sunday at all, but first day of the week is mentioned eight times in the New Testament, first day. Six of those are the resurrection, but nothing to say about, well, you better go to church on the first day, okay? So the Pope actually is, uh, is endorsing the Sunday law of Constantine when they made everybody go to, go to church. You know, it, it's, it's going to come around to that where the, the new world order beast in Revelation uh, 13, verse 14 to 18, it says it's, uh, it involves false worship. And there's nothing in, in uh, the, the idea we have as Christians is, oh, well, uh, the, the disciples all decided to keep Sunday uh, instead of Sabbath, okay, the Jewish day. Sabbath is Jewish. We're going to keep Sunday and honor the resurrection. Well, there's only one reference to first day of the week in the book of Acts, and there are nine references to the Sabbath. Three of them say every Sabbath, every Sabbath, every Sabbath Paul was in the synagogue, uh, you know, reasoning and so on. So how do we get Sunday out of that, you know? It's it's really the little horn power in Daniel nine twenty five that taught to change times and seasons. It changed it changed the calendar, uh, Gregorian calendar is from the Pope, etc. Pope Gregory, and we uh, we have uh, Sunday instead of Sabbath. You know, uh, well I don't. You know I believe that uh, we will see end times uh, is significant. Ignorance. God has answered many prayers of many people in uh, with with um, you know. But in, mm-hmm. when times of judgment come, we got to go by the best we know. And in my opinion, it will not be about the Church of Rome. And it will not, you know, Rome, by the way, is the city of seven hills in Revelation 17, verse 9. And it's a, a, mother, of, a mother of harlots and abominations, uh, what Rome teaches. So uh, I just say, hey, we can do better. And the Pope uh, uh, blessing the guy that... Uh, thought God made him that way and that, well, if God made you that way, that's okay. I don't think, uh, God doesn't make us to be homosexual. You know, uh, we, we, we can get sidetracked and, and, and trapped in lifestyles if we choose them. But I just saw a, right. one or two days ago, a guy that was transgendered 15, uh, 2015 or something like that. But now he's, he said, I made a big mistake. It, life has been miserable. I'm going back. Uh, right. The long-term effects, uh, these experiments that they're doing medically are a bad idea, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, and you mentioned you mentioned the abomination. Is that not speaking of something more specific, the abomination of desolation? Good. And uh, the early disciples understood that to be Rome, though. And when the Roman army came around 66 AD uh, under Cestius, they fled the city and were spared the siege by Titus, who came three and a half years later. Okay, and uh, so uh, Rome, Roman army, uh, we did see that also in 2015 when uh, the U.S. did a gun grab uh, in Texas. Uh, it was uh, Jade Helm. Helm stands for Homeland Eradication of Local Militants, uh, and they shouldn't be grabbing guns. Uh, it's a Second Amendment right, you know, basically. Uh, so. Uh, I think, and, and uh, when I say Rome, um, the leaders of the Pentagon historically have been uh, members of secret societies for uh, the church. Uh, they, um, uh, they know who they are, and uh, Opus Dei, Knights of Columbus, Knights of Malta, and so on. That's how they get to be leadership. And uh, there's more to this. Uh, when J.F. Kennedy 
spoke, uh, he said the idea of a secret society in, in uh, a free society like we have in America is repugnant to him. He was dead a week later. Okay. And I just say, uh, you know, we, we need freedom and we don't need uh, secret societies either. But uh, it's the Jesuits are behind this. Uh, if you look up Jesuit, it's Society of Jesus. But uh, that's Georgetown University that's been filling the D.C. offices for over 200 years as a Jesuit university. So uh, a lot of non-elected offices and uh, Washington's uh, in the Oval Office, Trump had uh, it was up to his ears and advisors. Uh, no, but no wonder uh, the media don't like him. But uh, <laughs> it's because he doesn't fit the New World Order agenda going through the U.N. Uh, he doesn't he wants America great. And, um, uh, you know, Trump's got you know, he's made mistakes. He's made mistakes about the vaccine and so on. His advisors are are OK. So anyway, um, I just say it's not over. I, I personally you may find this interesting, but I believe in Bible prophecy. Trump will be there again. And it might, it won't wait till 2024. Uh, it, it starts with um, um, God declares the end from the beginning. It says in, in Isaiah 46:10, in the book of beginnings, Abraham was tested over uh, his willingness to sacrifice his son Isaac. Okay, and um, Muslims, by the way, say it was Ishmael that was sacrificed. Well, what's unfolding in the Middle East? will um, show and prove that uh, it's the Bible is the true holy book because uh, Muslims will be neutralized with uh, um, the, uh, when the, when Muslims take the city of Jerusalem, the ram and goat uh, and will, will, will take them out. But I got to get back to Genesis 22nd chapter. Um, Isaac was spared by the sacrifice of a ram caught in a bush. George Bush got the first horn, okay? And then you come to Daniel, uh, there are two horns on that, and the kings of Media and Persia are Iraq and Iran. Iran will be caught, I think, by Donald Trump. And how do I say that? Well, it's a great horn on the, the goat. The great horn, they used to use horns to make trumpets. They cut off a horn and blow through it, a shofar, to make a trumpet. And the great horn is the great trump, okay, in my opinion. Because the other horns are named on the rams, the kings of Media and Persia. Bush was the president who got the first horn. I think uh, uh, we will see it when uh, soon after uh, Muslims take Jerusalem. And uh, it will not wait to an election that is where they're taking, stealing the votes or whatever. I watched the election uh, last time. And uh, all of a sudden, they quit counting the votes, and and, and Trump was ahead, and, and he was winning. But when they restarted, <laughs> all of a sudden he was losing. What? What? How did that happen? You know. Well, uh, mm -hmm. Obama sang, uh, said that the the Democrats had a way of, of dealing with that, and <laughs> they want to disallow that now. But uh, I think what Obama uh, Obama was saying is he, they could fix the elections. Anyhow, that's that's enough for that. In light of all this. Right. Okay. So, say there's an earthquake next spring, ushers in the end of the end of times. That all comes true. What should our response be as Christians? We know that Christ comes again. We know that there will be an end of the age. But how should we 
respond and be living in light of that, whether it happens or not, in response to Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. Right? So it doesn't say, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations unless things are bad. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations unless it's the end times. Therefore, go and make disciples unless you're sick. Like it just says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, right? So in light of that verse, whether there is or is not a coming or a ushering in of the end of the t- end times, how should we respond as Christians, as believers, as followers of Christ? Thank you. Good question. And let me take you back to the wedding parables, which all show a sudden need of, a, I mean, a sudden event of a bad nature, unlooked for calamity, the earthquake, but an immediate reaction. In, in Luke's wedding parable, when I come and knock, you must open immediately. Slight delay meant foolish virgins. They got there too late. And in the wedding parable of Matthew 22, when the king came in, he saw a man without a wedding garment. Wedding garments were provided by the host, and he could have slipped into a bathroom and changed in just two or three minutes. But it's too late, okay? The point is that if we really want to be in the wedding and be high reward type stuff with the wedding parables, and I see that, uh, let me just say this, in Luke 12, verse 36 and 7, it says, Blessed are those servants whom his Lord finds watching when he comes. He will gird himself, make them sit down to eat and serve them. That's Last Supper imagery, Passover imagery. But when Christ said in verse, when, when Peter said, Are you giving this parable to us or to everyone? Christ said, blessed is the servant whom his Lord finds so doing when he comes, he will make him ruler over all that he has. Well, my name is ruling, okay? I want to know how that happens, and I think I understand it, okay? And it's not just about me. It's really about 144,000 who get to follow Christ wherever he goes in eternity in the, in the book of Revelation. It says they are virgins. Um, I know, by the way, a, a guy who does a prophecy club in Kansas who thinks that the, the, uh, the 144,000 are male children less than one year of age. They haven't learned to, to lie yet. They, they have no guile in their mouth. Well, I don't think so. <laughs> I think the virgins are the wise virgins to get into the wedding. The Bible explains itself. It's, it's not some uh, child one year of age that doesn't lie. Uh, I don't think there's the, that many Jewish children. Uh, you know, God goes by our choices, and we have to be old enough to choose him as Christ went at age 12, he chose to be uh, the sacrifice that he saw happening in Jerusalem uh, at Passover. So uh, my, my perspective is that uh, we need to understand the wedding parables and be ready to make our own covenant with Christ. Uh, when the rule of first use I mentioned earlier in this telecast or whatever, the I, uh, rule of first use, Alpha and Omega, first and last, Christ is that way. And if we go to where a word is first found, Christ in the wedding parable of Luke 12, 35 says, have your lights burning. Well, in the uh, covenant that God made with Abraham as a burning lamp, God went between the pieces of the sacrifice. Uh, historically, both men went between and they'd say, may I be torn apart by this, like this sacrifice if I don't keep my part of the bargain. But only God went between, only God has the obligation. Abraham could have taken or leaving, but he went for it. He wanted the land. And, uh, but, but for God, to, 
God was proactive in in initiating the covenant. And when when Christ says, "Have your lights burning," we have to be proactive. He's not going to speak out of the sky. We're not going to get to Sinai and hear him come down and talk to us. It's it's we go for it, and he will meet it. Just like when Israel went ready to was ready to go into the promised land. Let me back up. At the Red Sea, the sea parted and they walked through easy. At Jordan River, they had to walk into the water before it parted. We got to go for it, in my opinion. We got to believe that he's going to stand behind us and he's wanting an active bride, not a passive bride like a sign. Oh, we'll do it. Whatever the Lord says, we'll do. And they worshiped a calf 40 days later. God is not looking for an immature bride. He's wanting a mature bride person, 144,000, whom he can anoint with power who can take down the kingdoms of this world like the stone kingdom in Daniel 2, ground those kingdoms to fall. When Egypt was, when they walked out of Egypt, Egypt was finished because of Moses. And God is looking for people who can sing the song of Moses and the Lamb, a song of their experience. And uh, I, I can just say we have some big things coming. Uh, it, it says in Revelation 11:6 that they have the power to shut the heavens and turn water to blood. Well, those are the first two trumpets of Revelation 8, verses 6 and 7, uh, or, or 7 and 8, okay? Uh, and so we can do that. We will bring the plagues, and they'll blame us, but just like Ahab blamed uh, Elijah. Oh, are you he that troubles Israel? Yeah, well, we will, but uh, uh, God, God, God can stand up for us, and he's got a plan that we aren't looking at right now, and it's not a rapture to heaven, but it's with us in the fire, and we can get there. Not really literally fire, but it, it, it's, it will be, it takes faith, just like in, in, in Noah's day, it took faith to get in that ark, you know, and, and the whole world just about walked away from it. They didn't have faith in God. Well, do we have faith in God? Uh, will we trust his word? I'm seeing an answer that uh, uh, if you read the chapters of the new covenant promise of him writing his law in our hearts, both in Jeremiah 31 and Ezekiel 36, we're going to have an experience that we're not thinking about right now. It says, I will take you from among the heathen, gather you out of all nations, bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water, give you a new heart, put my spirit in you, cause you to walk in my statutes and judgments, and you'll dwell in the land that I gave your fathers. Not about America, not here. So uh, that's uh, there are stuff ahead that we haven't looked at but need to consider. So what you're saying, how shall we live between now and then? Uh, study and get ready, as Abraham Lincoln said, our chance will come. Well, thank you, Dr. Richard. I really appreciate you being on the show. Um, this has been an interesting conversation, and we uh, so appreciate you coming on and sharing your thoughts and insights and experience. Um, if people want to learn more about what you're doing and um, maybe read some of your books, how can they get a hold of you? Well, thank you. My email is my name with an H, R-U-H-L-I-N-G-7 at Yahoo. Okay. And um, I, I just uh, have a website that I would refer them to, uh, two of them. One is The Bridegroom Comes. That's the great news. Out of judgment, if God is going to judge this country, but he also came as bridegroom to Egypt, and he took them to a covenant and later said, I'm married to you. And we can have that experience, I believe if we know uh, our, our role. And, and uh, so thebridegroomcomes.wordpress.com or healthhappinessdestiny.com at the book page, DVD page. 
thank you so much. I, I appreciate and esteem you as having a, a knowledge of, above most people and most Christians and appreciate the opportunity of sharing. Uh, uh, living by every word is more than we've been looking at, and, uh, but the wedding parables have a lot for us to consider. And thank you so much for the opportunity. God bless you and your ministry. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Can I pray for you as we wrap up? Please do. Thank you. Father, I just thank you for Dr. Richard ruling. I pray that you would uh, continue to go before him in his ministry, uh, lead and guide him, and um, that you would bless him and and all that he's doing, Father, that he would be obedient to you and your ways. And, um, and uh, yeah. We love you, Lord. Thank you that we get to be a part of what you're doing, that we get to be a part of this redemptive work and redemptive story, Lord. Thank you for your son, your death and resurrection, uh, making a way for us to know you and walk with you and abide in you and and be a part of this redemptive story. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Dr. Richard, thanks so much for being on the show. And uh, yeah, we'll be in touch. My privilege, and glad to. Uh, there, there are other topics we could talk about another time, but thank you, and may God bless you too. Likewise, amen. Thanks.